wasn't the first time Lawrence and I talked about the low value our society places on its builders and farmers compared to its lawyers and financiers, and I'm sure it won't be the last. This fact is neither new nor unique to the modern world. I'm sure the ancient Sumerians took far better care of their priests than they did their bricklayers. But obviously, just because the world has always been a certain way doesn't make it right or desirable. I agree with Lawrence 100% when he says our failure to properly compensate and celebrate teachers and fine furniture makers is one of the things very wrong with our world. From the moment we started becoming friends, I really appreciated and admired Lawrence's willingness to call out these kinds of injustices when he sees them. As you will hear in this interview, like a lot of us, Lawrence is always a bit unsure of his talents and abilities. Unlike a lot of us, this doesn't prevent him from voicing his opinion and being very explicit about what he thinks is right and what he thinks is wrong. I think part of the reason the world values its makers less than its stockbrokers is because not enough people raise their voice in defense of the trades and insist that making a beautiful chair is a far more valuable endeavor than trading Tesla stock. The world needs more of that. Here's my interview with Lawrence Welch. Lawrence, my friend, how are you? I'm fantastic. What Thank accent you. are you going to use today? Uh, I'll go with the, the OG your British. Fake, your fake British accent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what was your background, professionally, educational background, before you enrolled in this program? Uh, educationally, not not a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, professional background, I'm a trained carpenter. I've done a lot of... Um, Talk a little louder. Finished carpentry and um, window and door fitting. Uh, made a few windows and doors. And uh, and that was all in London. That was well, no, not exclusively. No, I used to live in Australia as well. So some of it was in in Sydney in Australia, uh, but yeah, mostly London, London, England. Why did you decide to move to Victoria from London? Uh, I hate London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got pretty jaded with the UK and um, a whole number of things. Really, you know, I, I love to ride mountain bikes, so coming out here and having the Big outdoors is definitely um, definitely one of the main things. Um, yeah, also I guess the the there's a lot more woodworking over here, or, or that's how I perceive it at least. That there's a, a lot more um, high quality woodworking going on over here. Pretty much all the windows, for example, back home and doors are all plastic. We're uh, using a lot of plastic, not much wood, and uh, I don't like that. Has Victoria met your expectations? Oh, I succeeded them, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's probably the best thing I've ever done, yeah, for sure. Why did you enroll in fine furniture? Uh, to get a visa. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, to get a visa, basically. Um, so I spoke to an immigration advisor back in the UK, and he said um, that I would have to study in order to make a life here, so... That's what I did, and um, it's worked out great. It's worked out so well. So you you were in you know carpentry and windows and doors before you did this. Back when you first started in your trade, why did you choose wood as opposed to metal or clay or some other medium? Um, my parents kicked me out at sixteen, 
and I needed a job. So I sort of fell into it. And um, I always had an interest in carpentry over any of the other trades for sure. Um, probably knowing a little bit about them, you know, electrics, there's a lot of maths, plumbing, obviously, you know, you're dealing with toilets. Sewage. <laughs> Sewage, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, carpentry was always what I was interested in, and I just essentially followed the money um, and, well, got whatever job I could initially and then sort of followed the money into into carpentry, and that's how I ended up where I where I am. It was sort of out of necessity than, than anything else, yeah. I thought I was going to be a scientist. <laughs> what kind of scientist? Any of them, yeah. When I was in, uh, when I went to college, I'd, I'd done triple science, so I'd done all, all three. What does that mean? Uh, that's physics, biology, and chemistry. Oh, wow. And I did pretty well in all of them. And um, so that's where I thought I was going, but uh, that's not how it, how it worked out. It's not too late. You could still go back to school to be a scientist. <laughs> nah, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm glad it's worked out the way that it has. And um, Why? Certainly on the sort of smaller scale building projects and things that I've done, I have complete control over the whole the whole thing whereas i think if you're a scientist you're only you're only one part of a big of a of a bigger thing and you never really you can never really claim to have done something entirely on your own whereas certainly with fine furniture you know you made the whole thing and uh, you're entirely responsible for it if it's good or bad you already sort of <laughs> answered this question but uh elaborate more on how you feel about the pipe trades pipe trades i wonder <laughs> what they're smoking bro <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's a trade I didn't want to get involved in. Although, as it seems, I think there's more money in the pipe trades. Yeah, they're making a lot more money than fine furniture makers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, no, no, yeah. I mean, I don't, I um, I don't discriminate. But yeah, no, pipe trades is definitely not for me. No way. What kind of friendships have you made in the fine furniture program? If you've made friendships. No friends at all. Yeah, I hate everyone. No, I'm joking. (laughs) No, I mean it's uh, it's um. I've met people on this course that you I would never have met in any other s- situation. Like um, I'd use Leslie as an example, and um, I don't know where me or Leo. I don't know where either we would I would meet either of these two people outside of outside of the course. But it's uh, it's great that I have. I'm so glad that I have. And uh, yeah, I've made a lot of friends. I consider everyone a friend. What's your best experience been in the class so far? And that can be. However you define it, it can be a relationship, a project, a, a day, uh, an emotion, anything. Probably winning the uh, top student award, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Tell, so tell us about that. So you were valedictorian of the class. Yeah, indeed, yeah. So I won the award for being a top student. And um, I'm normally pretty modest, but I will concede it was a really good feeling. And um, it's sort of indication that as a very self-critical person who... I find nothing's ever good enough. Um, it's, yeah, it's vindication that I'm at least doing something right. What was the first thing that crossed your mind when Sandra told you you won the award? A thousand bucks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was the second thing that crossed your mind? God, I'm actually all right at this. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got some really talented people in the class and to um, to have won the award is a, a great accolade for sure. What has been your most frustrating experience and again that can be a class a lesson a day whatever you want it to be i could say a lot of i could say a lot of things but just off the top of my head i'm going to say the tenoning jig yeah yeah it's shit i mean it's it's no good i'm not a fan at all why 
What's wrong with the tenoning jig? Uh, it's inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inaccurate, and I couldn't even explain how some of the the issues that I had with it came about. But um, yeah, the tenoning jig is the probably the number one day ruiner. <laughs> how many days of your life has the tenoning jig ruined? Um, well, when we done the bridal joints for the wool hung cabinet, I think we took all day. I remember that. Out. I remember that was that was a hard day. Yeah, and they and we used the same setup with the same thickness of wood, and Dan's turned out great. Mine turned out loose. Um, couldn't tell you why. Three three of the four of mine turned out well, <coughs> and the fourth one did not. Even though I didn't adjust anything. Yeah, exactly. Explain that as, um, yeah, tenon jig. What part of the curriculum has affected you the most? Affected me the most. Yeah. What have we learned or what have we experienced that is maybe hasn't been the best or the worst experience, but it has, has had the most profound impact on you? God, that's a good question. I wouldn't know how to answer that. Um, 10 years from now, somebody says, Tell me about fine furniture and what's the thing that you're going to remember and talk about, you think? Um, don't know. I don't know. Um, probably my favorite part of everything we've learned is all of the actual, um, the, the hand skills, you know, hand cut dovetails yeah. is sort of, I think that's on every aspiring woodworker's bucket list. And I turned out some really nice ones that I'm sure I'll look at in the future and still think, yeah, I'm not too bad. <laughs> that's I'm great. all right. What do, what do form and function mean to you? And has the class are discussing it and our projects expressing it have they changed how you feel about those concepts no i feel exactly the same way as i did coming into this form should follow function and i'm not a fan of the you know overly formy designs um like a chippendale chair yeah tell us how you feel about <laughs> tell us how you feel about chippendales um i've been mean, pretty much every old old person in the uk has got a chippendale chair sitting in their um in their house and there's, I mean, uh, the ball and claw foot, like why? I still to this day don't understand why it's something that you would like to see on your furniture. They're all so dark and overly fussy and um, and uncomfortable, right? What's you, what's more your style? Um, definitely something lighter for sure with less, yeah, less of the fussy, overly fussy details and like say things like the ball and claw foot the the cabriole legs that you find on like the chippendale chairs um yeah it's just really not me i think but i, I like elegant design has the fine furniture program changed how you feel about trade or art or how those things interact with politics or the economy um no Probably not. I think I'm disappointed to, you know, we, we learn so much and the knowledge that everyone gains from this course is massive. And yet it doesn't really translate into, um, a high paying job on the other side of things. Um, and I th think that it really should. And that's something that's wrong with the world today. How so? 
Tell me a little bit more about that, please. You know, it's 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 a lot. It's like just just fine furniture in itself is is probably more than a lifetime's worth of knowledge and uh, the skill that you develop. I I personally hold that in higher regard than um, you know any of these other professions that are held to in a higher regard than than such things like being a lawyer, for example, or. Um, you know, a lot of these more academic professions, I don't think that these people can do do fine furniture. And, I'm um, sort of living proof of that. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say yeah. it. <laughs> you are. You just said it. <laughs> when you said lawyer, you basically said it. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's what's wrong with the world. We should be celebrating the the builders, the farmers, the doctors, the teachers, and certainly, like in the UK, the uh, teachers are on strike, the doctors are on strike, the junior doctors earn the same as a barista in a coffee shop, um, the builders are struggling, and um, the farmers, I think, in, certainly in the UK, they've got the, um, statistically the highest number of suicides of any profession is, is uh, farmers. Oh, I didn't know that. And, um, you know, I think that's something that's really wrong with the world when we celebrate football players and the such like, you know. Why do you think the world celebrates, respects, and compensates football players, lawyers, ad executives, stockbrokers so much more than I don't builders know. and farmers? If uh, I you, knew. you might have an opinion, though. What's your opinion? Um, yeah, well, I don't. I certainly don't. You know. Well, why do you think the world does? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I think a lot of it's due to the amount of money they earn. You know, they earn a lot of money, and so people assume that they're um, to be respected. But I mean, you look at any of these people. But why do you think they earn so much more money? Good question, Joel. Good question. I don't know. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't wade in on that one. <laughs> How do you define art? What does that mean to you? Um, again, that's a great question. How do I define art? I guess something that is more than the sum of its components or, you know, that says something to you that it um, invokes some sort of feeling. Um, you know, you could, what is art? You know, at the end of the day, that is some question to answer. I guess anything could be art, just depending on your interpretation of it, really. William Morris defined art as the pleasure people take in their labor, essentially. How do you feel about that definition? Yeah, I think that's quite appropriate, that. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. And um, <clears throat> I don't know how true that is in today's society, but I certainly would relate to that for sure. Do you think a person can be a fully realized artist in this economic and political environment is it possible to be a pure artist when you have to worry about rent worry about health insurance worry about environmental collapse no i struggle with that but yeah some people can and i think being an artist is 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 pretty much a state of mind you know you have to decide that you're making art <clears throat> and if that's what you decide you're doing then that's exactly what you're doing and I went to um, uh, a gallery in the UK and saw a load of crocheted <coughs> things and it made me think of Dustin's crochet and I thought Dustin's is actually way better than this and <laughs> is it art? It must be. 
it must be. I think it's definitely up for discussion what is art and um and what is an artist, but I believe, you know, if you think that it is, then that's good enough for me. Subjective. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And contrary to opinion as well, you know, for sure. What would be what would you make if you had no economic constraints, if you didn't have to worry about environmental impact? You had all the time and money in the world and you could use whatever material you wanted without worrying about hurting the environment, what would you make? I would make a house and everything in it. For who? For me. <laughs> what would it look like? Pretty big, Joel, pretty big. <laughs> what else would it look like? I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be um, overly exuberant. It would be understated style is, is, um, is what I'd be going for. But yeah, I mean, handcraft and everything. To oh, wooden furniture, you can incorporate oh, yeah, other materials like metal, uh, anything, ceramics. Um, yeah, maybe a bit, but largely wood. Yeah, yeah. If I could make everything out of wood, I probably would. Yeah. And I like the idea of, of like, certainly with furniture where you make something in it and it is entirely wood. There's not a, there's, there's nothing else in it at all. No metal, no anything mm. except wood. If I asked you to make something sacred to you, and sacred can, it can be religious, but it doesn't have to be religious. For some people, you know, their relationship with their partner is sacred, or, you know, the land they grew up on is sacred. If I asked something to make something sacred to you, what would you make? Nothing is sacred. <laughs> nothing. There is nothing sacred <clears throat> to you. No. Uh... No, for an object, no, not really, you know, and um, having moved here with just a suitcase, it's made me realise how little I actually need, really. Um, I was going to make something sacred. No, I don't know. I wouldn't know. That's my problem, actually, is that <clears throat> if you give me a framework to work within, you say, you know, I want a cabinet it's to fit in this space great i can then go away and i feel like i can exploit that to the fullest but if it's just this open <clears throat> open parameters i don't know I do you have a hard time being creative definitely yeah, yeah yeah why do you think that is um probably because i'm so self-critical i would say and so everything, everything I do, I always feel like it can be improved upon and that it's not as good as it could or possibly should be. But with that being said, I can look at other people's work and think it is nigh on perfection. Um, Why are you so self-critical? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That is a question I'd like to know. We'd have to spend some time with a shrink to find that one out. But um, yeah, but I'm under no illusion. I know that's what makes me good at what I do. It's that I'm, you know, I'm always striving to do better. Nothing's ever good enough. And, um, and that's how I've got to where I am. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. You can only have three tools to use for woodworking for the rest of your life. What are those three tools? Three tools. I'll take a hammer. Um, I'll take a. Can I just say a saw? Or you can, can say a saw. And well, I don't have to be specific about no, saw. You can saw. say a saw. You can say whatever you want. Um. Yeah, a hammer, a saw, and a chisel. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Old school. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what sensual memory from the shop do you think will stay with you the longest? <laughs> and is it uh, by, you know, a sight, a smell, a sound? Uh, the sight and sound of, <clears throat> of uh, people's workpieces being launched from the thickness and from the uh, edge sander. Yeah. Yeah. It's Leo, normally Leo. Yeah. So, Leo's. So um, do you have one instance in particular you're thinking of? Yeah. Leo's chessboard. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. us what happened. Um, he nearly he sanded off some of his tattoos on his hands and launched it well across the workshop, well across <laughs> the workshop. Yeah. I think he was the, the first, actually no, um, Dan was the first person to launch something, but definitely, um, Leo or the sounds of Leo, you know, the sounds of Leo. He, what does uh, he sound like? Well, he's, he's heavy on the tools, you know, you know, when Leo's on the bandsaw, you know, when he's on the table saw, he doesn't use a split. I've seen him freehand cut things on the table saw. That's, uh, yeah, that's lit. I think, uh, I know that Sander took off some of my fingernails. I haven't launched anything from it, but I've lost a couple of fingernails to it. What do you think of Sandra and Beth? <clears throat> Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 In a, in a male dominated industry full of this macho bullshit, really, it's so refreshing to have two women there that have none of that and they absolutely kick ass they are phenomenal really 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 good um yeah and I, i've looked at a lot of furniture makers furniture and a lot of it i'm impressed by but don't necessarily like um the stuff that sandra's made i both i'm impressed by and and like it i would i would like some in my house for sure and um as for beth i you know she's the knowledge she has to be able to fix and work on all the machinery we've we've got in the workshop is is enviable. Yeah, I would quite like to have that knowledge for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then last question is sort of an open-ended one. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you want to share? Anything you've been thinking about and I just haven't asked the right question to get it out of you? Um Anything about the program, the people in it, its effect on you? Mm, I guess the stress would probably, uh, currently as we're working on the chair, uh, the things are going wrong for me, I would probably say, yeah, the, um, <clears throat> the pressure um, that I put on myself has been a lot. I would, this course has had me more stressed than I have been working professionally. Um, by a lot, by a lot, by a long way, and um, most of it's of my own making. But um, I think the fact that it's difficult to do in an academic course where you sit a test and it's on a piece of paper, when you make something here, it's it's a real thing that totally translates to the to the real world, and um, there's no hiding from that, and that is stressful for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're coping with it really well, my friend. <laughs> that's only your perception. <laughs> ah, I think that's what everyone thinks. You're cool. You're cool as an English cucumber. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I try to be. I try to be. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. No worries. Anytime. time.